Yolanda girl. Charlie. Hey, Lou. Hey, what's up? We are back. We are missing one of our our beauties. Yes. The, our circle is not complete. Corey is missing. <laughs> Corey is not here this week. Yes. But we miss her already. Shout out to Corey living her best life at the ABFF. Yes. Festival. American Black Film Festival. Yes. Happening in Miami at the moment. We are Jello. Yes. Corey's going to come back all golden and glistening. But in the meantime, Corey and I did do an interview this week with Janet Mock. Love her. About her. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Girl, her hair, her skin, her mission, her voice. We could just go on. Mm-hmm. So Janet Mock uh, is an activist trans activist and she has released her second book Surpassing Uncertainty and she came in to really talk I mean you know it's her second memoir Janet is the most she's a former journalist she's still a journalist but former journalist here at Time Inc and she really opened up to Corey and I just about why she will continue to share her story and why it means so much to everyone and she does never holds back shout out to Janet Um, but in the meantime Yolanda Girl, we are on breaking news alert. Oh, we're on Beyonce baby labor super watch. baby watch. Yeah. Okay, we have. It sounds like now today in full clarity, this is Wednesday. We're taping this a day ahead. Yeah. So by the time you're hearing this, the news could have changed. Maybe she will have the babies today. Let's hope so. But the rumor has it that Bay is probably going to possibly allegedly reportedly <laughs> At UCLA, right? Supposedly. Hospital. Which means the twins could be coming. According to a source. Allegedly, reportedly. Yes. We have to say that part because Essence didn't say it. No, we did not say it. Allegedly. But the internet is saying it. The internet is saying it. You know. (laughs) So we can wait. Can we just talk, Yolanda, about how many theories there have been about whether or not Beyonce had these babies? Yes. (laughs) We've been stalking everyone in her life on Instagram. Yes. Someone (laughs) tweeted, oh my God, Beyonce baby watch is so exhausting. Oh, yes, it is. Because one minute you're like, okay, does she have a baby? Does she have a Wait, does her wait, face look different? Does it, wait, why she Where's her mama? Mm-hmm. Wait, why is, what did Mama Tina mean by that right. post? Is Solange in LA? Like, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> why is Jay-Z in Jamaica? Was he in Jamaica? Cuba? He wait. was. He was right. in Jamaica. <laughs> and then somebody was like, well, that's only a four-hour jet. I was like, okay, you're right. He can make it. You know, most tw- twin births can be C-sections, right? We you know, are so consumed. Beyonce, the point is we can't wait. We can't wait. We're ready for these babies. And honestly, I'm ready to see how she announces it. Yes. Because Beyonce never repeats. Yes. Nope. She it's never does be. the same thing twice. But I bet you Beyonce is going to, like, announce. It'll be, like, 1 a.m., <laughs> On like a no, maybe like three AM on a Friday. Yes. And we'll all be like in slumber in our beds and then Beyonce will announce and everybody everybody's gonna have to just wake up. And your phone alerts will sound like an alarm clock. First you get like the Apple News, then oh, CNN, God. your Facebook, then people, your Twitter, then your mentions. Okay. Oh god, I feel then like we'll slack. get a personal text from Sylvia Obel. <laughs> Shout out to Sylvia Buzzfeed. She does not let us miss anything. She is the official Beyonce reporter. Of the U.S. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> Chief correspondent. Chief Beyonce correspondent. Shout out to you, Sylvia. <laughs> former Essence editor. But anywho. Yeah. Uh, so the NBA Finals championship game is over. Yes. Golden I, State Warriors. I watched all of 10 minutes. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Warriors brought it home. Oh, they did? Okay. Right. I hope I'm. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, neither of us are big NBA fans. Lou, our producer, not. If you, okay. The Warriors. I mean, I did kind of watch, but my favorite part of the final game, I was coming in late because I was at Janet Mock's book release party. Yes. Great time. And I'm walking in the door and I see my husband, Yolanda, hunched over, like leaning in front of the TV, yelling, get up, Craig. <laughs> get up, Craig. He's a Cavs fan. And uh, they were down. Get okay, it? Okay. And he was 
like, Craig, get up. Get up. Who's uh, Craig? Like, Friday. Oh, f- oh my God. <laughs> get up, Craig. Smokey was like, get up, oh, Craig. Remember when he yeah, got Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so funny because he was so invested. But anyway, the Cavs lost. That's okay, LeBron and them. Warriors won. Shout mm-hmm. out to Steph and Kevin Durant and all of those. And Kevin Durant's mom. Once again, is the goat. I love it. Don't we love her? She, she's amazing. Did you see the she's meme? all of us. She was grabbing him by his shirt collar, yeah, like, "Come like, on, boy, boy, you're doing this interview, but you, you gonna this. kiss your mom again and again, again. and again and again and again." Because <laughs> we did this, <laughs> and the we memes were amazing. I, you know, it's funny. Once I started reading about um, reading Kevin Durant's mom, Wanda, right? Yeah, Wanda Durant's tweets. I started checking out. Is it Damon? What's his name? Draymond Green. Draymond Green's mom is super lit and active on Twitter and always, you know, she, I mean, I love it. She talks shit. She, yeah. She's engaging, like blocking people, retweeting people. <laughs> Shout out to the NBA moms. Okay, because I would be the same way. This is, a, they're, you know, they're living their best lives too. Yeah, they are. And they're fierce. I mean, imagine, like, I did hear Kevin talking about, you know, his mom used to, like, drive him to all the AAU, like, games. Yeah. You know, she sacrificed a lot for him. And I don't know much about the NBA. NBA, but is this his first championship? Yes. Oh, okay. which is a huge deal oh, for him. Okay, okay, Good for okay. you, okay. Kevin. I woke up after the, the thing. I fell asleep during the, the last game, and then I woke up like, you know, life is regular. And of course, my <laughs> sons were like, "Ah, oh, what? You don't know that?" It's like, no. <laughs> I know your sons. All so I know injured. is like, did Beyonce have the baby? Oh, okay, like no. that is not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely he wanted. They wanted the most. They oh, won. Yeah. Congrats nice. to the Good Warriors. Yolanda, would you see that July cover of Essence? Oh, my God. Did you pick it up? Well, it's not out yet, but it's coming next week. It's yeah. going to be out on newsstands. And it's so lit. It's so lit. And it is the cast of Girls Trip, which is a movie. Hey, y'all. We have a movie made about the Essence Festival. It's all about a group of girlfriends taking that trip to the festival. And our cover features Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Regina Hall, and Tiffany Haddish. And it is beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. It's they so funny. so good. And they each have an individual cover. Cover, yeah. And then there's a slaying group cover. Group cover. And they, they look oh beautiful, gosh. all of them. Somebody was like, set it off all grown up. And I was like, oh my God. Remember that. Queen and Jada? Mm-hmm. But they've been grown up and they've been fierce. And they slay every time. Yes. And the movie comes out July 21st. So get your tickets. Get your girls. Because this is one of the funniest girls, like films about a group of girlfriends, black girlfriends that I've ever seen. If has there been another? Well, Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale, but that wasn't a girls' trip movie. This I feel trip. like this might no. be the first. Correct yeah. us, you guys, if we're wrong. But I don't recall an all-black cast girls' trip movie, movie. focused, centered just on the trip. On the trip. And it's authentic. Yeah. You guys, we've seen it. And this is really, I mean, if you've ever taken your girls to Essence Fest, you already know you're going to be in tears. Because yeah. it's yeah. so good. And this is what we do. So Yolanda, what was your favorite girls' trip? Huh, girls trip. You know, I love a girls trip. You would not believe what one of my favorite girls trip was. What? It was so random. I was really young. So, you know, I'm like, inside me lives a bohemian hippie, right? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I love her too. We drove to a festival, and but we didn't have um, accommodation. Oh, no. <laughs> Were you glamping? Yes. <laughs> It was so much fun, though. Why do we sleep in a car? And I bet that was a moment. In, like, the desert. It was so much fun. And then woke up the next morning like, we just really slept in a car. But nobody's complaining. Okay, let's go back to the festival. I love it. At least you didn't leave the radio on all night and have no battery in the morning. Because I've been there. No, we had a good old time. It was so much fun. That was really fun. And it was, like, you and your girlfriends? Yeah. Now, if anyone follows me on Instagram, at Dog, you know I love 
a girl's trip. Yes. <laughs> and I'm always writing advice. So I don't know if I could pick just one. But what I do love about my girls is we make this promise to each other mm-hmm. to do a seasonal moment. Nice. And I'm about to reveal all of our secrets right here on this um, podcast. But we call it Code Pink. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right, Yolanda? Mm-hmm. And the rule is when someone texts Code Pink, that means we need an emergency ladies moment. Mm-hmm. And it needs to have an overnight element. <laughs> and the rule is when someone calls code pink, mm-hmm. okay, it's like the opposite of code black. No, you know, emergency. It's a ladies emergency. No one can say no. Mm-hmm. And that has turned into some of the most epic memories we've ever had. Nice. Shout I out to that. my girls, my booze. And you guys just went to Jamaica. We just went to Jamaica, even though the fellas snuck on in there. You yeah. know, it was supposed to yeah. be a I mean, Jamaica's hard but, to right. resist. The fellas were like, wait, this is going to be a code fuchsia, ble- pink, blue, Ooh. something. <laughs> what makes this with pink? Because they were purple, because we were coming. But yeah, we just went to Jamaica. We had a great time. And it just feels so good. And you know, when, when any girl's trip, you just need your good girlfriends and everything is going to be lit. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see them. It's beautiful. For everybody to see the movie. Okay. Kamala Harris. Shout out to you, Kamala, because you keep getting interrupted. Yes, all these these and these, disrespected. Yeah, these Senate hearings. Most of you, you, you know, know you probably watched down. it. You yes, watched it. Yes, we all saw it. We keep seeing it. This we is not the first time. It. No, um, this week was Jeff Beauregard Sessions. Is that mm-hmm. his middle name? Mm-hmm. Beauregard. Look, you know I don't. Mm-mm. Anyway, I'm just gonna say, mm. <laughs> Attorney General. Um, it was Senate his, hearing. He was giving his hearing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and each time Kamala Harris um, questioned him with some very legitimate questions, um, he would first of all play the coy white man role. Um, You're making me nervous. And then you know, I've I've read very good analysis on Jeff Sessions, and when he is playing, you know, he he performs, and mm-hmm. so the performance is that of a gentle, um, genteel mm. Southern gentleman. Mm. And the truth is, you ain't, sir. Listen, mm-hmm. Sir. Mm-hmm. So he starts his accent becomes really thick, very thick Southern when he's playing up. Oh, he's trying to charm whole, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just you're making me nervous, Kamala. And to say that about a black woman. You're making me nervous to the world is affirming something on that stage on a very subtle way. You know, to say that this woman is aggressive, this you know, and you're making me nervous makes it seem like he's the one now who's being victimized. But anyway, because her questions were tough. Yeah. They didn't say that to any of the men with tough questions in the room. And each time she questioned, there would be senators interrupting her. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating how they do that. You know, like it. I know that it is because she's a black woman, but also at the core, it's because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and remember we were talking about being black women at work, mm-hmm. and that's our—that's every black woman's reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you finish, but 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 what? Yeah. But your point matters more than mine. Yes. But you really didn't want to hear what I had to say. Yeah. But you really weren't listening because you didn't wait for a period or a comma. You just yeah. stopped me. You just stopped because you you don't matter. Right. Yeah. And that is, I don't even. Yeah. You know, I just. Well, Kamala. a word I learned this 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 week is um, caucasity. What is caucasity? <laughs> oh, I'm scared. What is it? Something done. Wait, with the audacity of white privilege. <gasps> caucasity. Jesus Amiro created that one. But anyway, that, that was no. Caucasity. That is the that perfect was, word for that. That was caucasity. Okay, that's going to be trending. <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, Kamala, girl, stay strong. Keep. Keep speaking up and speaking out yeah. and keep refusing to be interrupted. Yeah. We really love you. Girl. What? What's next? Black Panther. That trailer Ooh. stopped. Okay. World okay. stop on Friday Bro. night. 
That's why I was like, what NBA game? What are you talking about? Oh, I am. Everybody was on their phone at the same time watching this trailer. Oh, my God. I feel trailer. like collectively. Oh, my God. It was I can't so good. wait till February. You want to tell everybody what Black Panther is about oh for the people who maybe live under eight rocks and don't know? Oh, my God. So, Black Panther, I'm not going to pretend I read the comics because I did, I did not, not read the comics. I didn't grow up like reading comics. But the trailer was really about this fictional land called Wakanda. Um, and t- I don't know how to say his name. You guys tell me. T'Challa um, is uh, Chadwick Boseman's character. He is Black Panther. And mm-hmm. so he returns to Wakanda. And the whole film, I'm told, is about him returning to Wakanda. But for me... The visuals? The visuals. Like, they... I was like, okay. Everybody, of course, was talking about what they're going to wear. <laughs> the memes the were... Me- all the coming to America means like this will be my attire. Okay, so I am really preparing my outfit because we all must show up to the theater looking like Regal <laughs> AF because we have to show up and show out. Okay, so I need to visit screening. Abdul, which is Yolanda's tailor. Shout out to Abdul. <laughs> the tailor. <laughs> the tailor. Every, by the way, every girl needs a tailor. I'm just saying. Yes, that's yeah. a fact. Because yeah. Yolanda slays every day. And I'm always like, girl, what? She's like, Abdul. <laughs> So shout out to the Taylor. But seriously, this trailer had everybody talking. And February is going to be so lit. And don't you think it's interesting that they're releasing it Black History Month? I didn't even catch that. (laughs) I also think it's interesting because typically in my, you know, movie junkie experience, January and March is the time where bad movies go to die. Mm. And this is obviously not going to be a a bad film. So it's really going to be like the highlight, I think, of that season. Because you ever notice like the really, like it's post sort of Oscar, like cutoff season. Got it. January through March. When's the last time you saw a blockbuster? Got it. In the winter, like after Christmas. Wow. Right? It's like a weird time. And so I'm excited because it's just going to have the stage all to itself. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Why do we have to wait? And I mean, the costumes. I think the reason people were so excited about the the costumes is because Ruth Carter, who is a phenomenal, legendary, veteran um, costume designer, has worked on Malcolm X. Black um, women in Hollywood. Essence Black women in Hollywood. Honoree. Honoree. Yeah, she's uh, Malcolm X, Sparkle. Everything. She's done everything. She's done everything. You know, once we honored She just did Ruth. Once we honored Ruth, all of a sudden, every time the credits came on or anything that I loved, including Coming to America, No. I don't know if she did come. Are you to sure? Because I feel I like know. every time something's on cable, you know, then you know we catch it on the weekend. You're like, gotta watch. That's my jam. The credits come on, and it always says Ruth Carter. Yeah, I think it was Love and Basket. Was it Love and Basketball? I don't know. Okay, Ruth, we're gonna have to go through you know, your tremendous list of receipts. receipts. But she has done the costumes for so many. Yeah. But yeah. Um, shout out to Ruth. Yeah, I don't think she did. Um, the she did not do um, coming to America. Coming to America. No. Okay. No. That was Deborah Landis, who I think is the um, director's wife. Got it. Um, okay. But yeah. Shout out to Deborah, because girl, girl, we, can we get some tips for what to wear yeah. to Black Panther? Yeah. Okay. Last but certainly not least. This weekend, Orange is the New Black fans were blessed with an all-new season on Netflix. Dropped nice. on Friday. Um, I Almost done. It's so good. Yolanda, do you, I don't know if you're following the season. So, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I am not. That's okay. Okay. There's a, it's waiting. It's there waiting for you on Netflix okay. when you're ready. But anybody who's watching, you'll know that the Black Girl Magic is really on fleek this season. Um they are, I don't know, spoilers. Okay, minor spoiler alert. Because it's all been there for you. If you haven't watched it all by now, then you yeah, great. 
But they're rioting in the prison. Mm -hmm. Um, Last season, again, close your ears if you didn't watch, if you aren't caught up, there was a death of a main character, a beloved main character, and everybody was heartbroken. And it literally picks up right where that left off, and they they want justice for their friend. And they take over the prison, girl. Mm -hmm. The entire season, and they run the prison. Got it. And how many episodes? I think there's... 12 okay. but don't quote me because i'm only on number eight oh, okay but i'm living for it nice, nice. The, you know it's, it's got some powerful moments and moments that are really going to tug at your heartstrings they want justice mm. and nobody cares and there's like a character in the prison that's supposed to be like the martha stewart like a privileged chef woman you know who's up you know who's up in the kitchen i mean up in the prison getting like a special you know she has an espresso maker in her you know cell and all that girl they they only listen to her the press only is, cares about her well-being in the riot it's really it, it imitates a lot of real life but I it's really ha- good I may have to watch it shout out to Danielle Brooks nice. uh, the whole cast Laverne, Vicky Judy Uzo. Laverne yep. Uzo you guys are doing an incredible job this season you always do but bring it on home excellent so speaking of um, incredible this weekend I don't know what you guys are watching or listening to but everybody I'm just, I'm just gonna run through it I'm not gonna give you commentary but SZA's <laughs> control I haven't heard it yet. That's on my list. My yes. my cue. And also Claws. Niecy Nash. <sighs> Claws is so good. TNT. Niecy. So good. Niecy. Girl. Niecy. Niecy. I feel like this role, Niecy, this role I mean, Niecy, Niecy always girl. knocks it out of the park, but I was glued I love to it. Claws. If y'all haven't t- tuned in, you are late. Get on it. Niecy is powerful. She's smart. Yeah. She's conniving in all the right ways and yeah. she's trying to take back her power. She's giving you body. Oh my God. And oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> and she's killing this. This role is, I think the Emmy is coming for you, Nisi. Yes, Nisi. I feel it. And Claus is just, and you know, come on, Karuchi. Karuchi. Karuchi did a great job. Yes, she did. I was very impressed. She did. Okay. And now they're beautifully set too. Yeah. Remember, uh, if you go back and listen to the uh, when we had Nisi on the podcast, um, and when we right after we launched, um, she talks about how she and Karuchi became good friends, and it's a really moving story. That's beautiful. I love it. Shout out to Nisi and Karuchi and all of the class team. And shout out to Moving Stories because I know you have one coming up. We sure do. Janet is sharing. Let's do it. Charlie girl. Corey girl. We have an alum in the building. We do. Uh, a Time Inc. alum. Yes. A fellow yes. journalist who we love and adore. Um, Who's here, Corey? It's Janet Mock. But before we get started in your receipts, because, you know, we got a page of them. Your page receipts. of receipts. <laughs> Lots of receipts. <laughs> All right. Let me get through the receipts, and then I'm going to tell you how I first right. saw you. Let's okay. do these receipts. So you're in town discussing your second book. Number two. Soon to be bestseller. Because you already had a bestseller. Cross and fingers. Yes. New York Times bestseller. Uh, Redefining. Realness. Realness. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was number one. Your second book, which is uh, coming out June 13th, Suppressing Certainty, What My Twenties Taught Me. Um, You are a writer, TV, and advocate. You are... Um, everything. Everything. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm pausing Journalist, because there's writer. so many receipts. I mean, I'm like, like I don't even know where you You found it. Hashtag girls like us. Mm-hmm. And the trans hashtag trans book drive. You spoke at the Women's March. Hello. That's humongous. Huge. All right. You are, have your own podcast. Never before. Which you interview Miss Tina. I know. I As her first even. guest. Right. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. That's, you know, <laughs> that was a moment. Contributing editor to Lore, mm-hmm. where you have a column, Beauty Beyond Binaries. Marie Claire. Did your first story, okay? And you've gone to have your own MSNBC series, Beyond My Body, which, well, actually, that's coming up. 
Supposedly, well, pre-Trump world, it was supposed to be out already. That's all right. It's still 45. coming. Everything got bumped. 45 is enough. Damn, call me. Time has called you one of the 12 new faces of black leadership and one of the most influential people on the Internet, while Faust Company named you one of 2015's most creative people in the business. Boom. Welcome, and, Janet. And my entry point, her <laughs> other receipt is this hair. This hair is this iconic. Hair. <laughs> all right, so here's my moment. Okay, so I've been a timing a long time. Mm-hmm. So, but I was telling Charlie, I said I don't remember if I first saw you in the calf or on an elevator. But mm. all I remember is your hair, and I remember being like, "This girl's hair!" Like I was staring, Thriving. and I Thriving. think you kind of noticed I was staring, and you kind of was like, um, <laughs> "That sounds like me in the cafeteria, though." Yeah, it must have been the guy because you were like, "Can I get this salad? Can I just get this salad?" Oh my god! And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I'm sorry. Because- but then I got behind you, and I was like, "Look at the curl pattern." Everything. And it's so anyway, I want to talk about your, your products and your the hair is, yeah. We must get it's to that. very important stuff. Yes. It is. But the, in the meantime, we are just so happy you're back. Welcome back to Timing. Thank yes. you for having me. I'm yes. so happy to be here. As soon as I walked into the lobby, I saw one of my favorite people that I saw every single day when I sat in my cubicle and brought me right back. He goes, Janet. And he's like one of the delivery guys. You know how they like the messengers who give you everything every single day? And he's just like, I see your picture all over on the thing and this and this and this. You're just like, what are you doing now? And then I had to like go into my whole story, which was so funny. He was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And so it just felt like it felt like I was here yesterday, even though it's a completely different space. You all are downtown now. I know. Is this your first time being back here? Yeah. Wow. We upgraded, yeah. right? Those That's views. Well, front. yeah, you have sacks downstairs, <laughs> okay. which yes. is a whole nother thing. We're you know, winning. if you want to spend your whole paycheck, it's... Oh my, it's do you remember when we first got in the building and they sent us a little... Um, what was it, Burberry? Yeah, it was like coupons for everything. Yeah, coupons. What kind of coupons? Girl, what was the was, percentage? It was, I think, 10 or yeah, 5% off. We yeah, like, okay, a quarter. But the packaging <laughs> was, was w- worth more than the percentage oh, he was yeah. going to offer It was us. crazy. Yeah. We got excited. We were like, oh, my God, coupons, yeah, Brookville yeah, Place. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then we were like, hold on. No. But yeah, anyway, no. that's neither here nor there. Welcome back. Yes. Thank you, Charlie. We are so excited to have you back. And we've been reading your book. Yes. So I delved in. You know, I knew your other story. I will admit I didn't read the first book. Mm-hmm, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me just start here. I'm going to start fresh. And I will be honest, I didn't know a lot of the terms. I mean, I know some of the terms mm-hmm, on the surface, mm-hmm. but I found myself going to, like, Google. But I was like, can you just, what is, like, one thing that stopped me with first word was cisgender. Mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. you, like, walk me through, like, Break what it down that means? Of course. I mean, I know, yeah. I, I looked at the Google term, and I, I know the <laughs> definition, but in this context. Of course. Um, you know, in my first book, Redefining Realness, I offered... Literally, there is explanatory commas on everything. So if it was trans and it was comma, trans is a da 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 Transgender is a da da Transsexual is a da da Cisgender is a da da So cisgender is basically, it's, you know, we're writers. Mm-hmm. So these are prefixes, cis mm-hmm. and trans. Cis means to stay on the same side of. Got it. Trans means to cross. And so if we're talking about cisgender, we're talking to cross. I mean, to stay on the same side of the gender you were assigned at birth. Got it. Okay. With um, transgender, we're talking about um, crossing across from the the gender you were assigned at birth, and so it's just basically uses of language, and of course, as always, language is something that can either invite people in or it can push people out and feel as if they cannot engage in these conversations. And so, for me, it's really vital that in the work that I do, specifically because I center um, trans girls of color in my work, is to ensure that I'm giving specifically their moms, their aunties, their fathers, their siblings language to understand 
understand um, the people that they love and the people that they're sometimes struggling to to know better and to Absolutely. love better, I hope. And okay. to not offend. Because mm-hmm. I know we, we talk a lot about that in um, edit meetings here when like a story comes up in the news and we're even just trying to discuss it internally and everyone's mm-hmm. just like real like, because uh, 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 we don't know which phrases, mm-hmm. which terms, and no one wants to offend because when you care, you definitely don't want to offend. Yeah. So even in talking about coverage mm-hmm. or, you know, um, activism, news, we're always sort of like, okay, we need more education. Of no. course, and, you know, Bell Hooks says it, language is a place of struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you, if you feel like you're not the quote-unquote initiated mm-hmm. into a certain marginalized community, it can be difficult sometimes to um, learn the language or to yes. feel as if you can talk about it seamlessly, but I always say that it's more difficult to experience racism and sexism and misogyny and transphobia and, you know, all of the phobias than it is to, like, mess up maybe a couple times and try to learn. Absolutely. Right? And so, like, having the difficult conversations are are super necessary for us all. And do you feel like black, uh, the black community as a whole is more open to being educated mm. in this area now than, than we were before? Because I feel that way, but I'd be yeah. very curious what you think. I think that, I think the culture in general, generally is mm-hmm. more open. I think that what often happens and what my gripe is oftentimes with, um, LGBT mainstream organizations that they can often try to scapegoat black communities or communities of color as being more homophobic right. mm-hmm. or more transphobic right. or more sexist than other um, communities. And that's not true because I am a black and native Hawaiian trans girl who grew up in black and native Hawaiian communities. And my communities took care of me and Mm -hmm. they love me and they may not have had the right things to say or the right language, but I was taken care of. Right. right? And so like, I'm always very clear that we, none of us are a monolith, you know? And so like, I think there are many black people who get this. And if you look at woke black Twitter, (laughs) they get it. They're using all their terminology. They're in it. They're, They're They're advocating for their black trans sisters who are being, you know, murdered and harassed and all of the the horrific things. And then also they're celebrating when we do get to do shine and all that stuff. And so for me, I think that what's happening, there's greater visibility around mm-hmm. transness specifically in our culture. And um, I think that what I love so much is that there's more presence of black trans women um, doing this work, you know, um, um, Corey mentioned the Women's March on Washington. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't the only black trans girl in that space. You know, there was my dear sister, Raquel Willis, who mm-hmm. was in the, the, um, the with not the black girl magic issue. I'm thinking about Netta now, um, but was in the the woke 100. Oh, the woke 100, the woke 100 yeah. issue. She was in there. She was taking up space. So was Elle Hearns. You know, and so like I love the fact that you know a sister, uh, a publication for sisters is is embracing my sisters and our sisters. And so I think that there's I think that we're um, we're all evolving. We're all learning, and we're trying to do better. And I think that that's the point. You know, it just reminds me of a story when we were had. Um, the cast of Orange is New Black. We had them, I think, two two years two two Julys ago, and um, you know we promote the cover on mm. Twitter. I mean, Facebook, and really get into things. And you know, a lot of people tried to come for Laverne Cox, mm-hmm. and. Vanessa pointed out to me that as much as like we thought maybe we were going to have to like insert ourselves to be like, okay, this needs to be a safe space. Take your take your critic criticism elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But our readers jumped in and was like, listen, she's fierce. (laughs) Right. 
She's coming for y'all. I love the show. Stay in your lane. We We love love her. This is a moment. And they're all women. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice to see that our own community, like they're shutting it down, policing. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Charlie. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's like, you know, we here, you know, aggressive. We're more progressive because like, you know, we're writers or whatever. But it's nice to see that the community as a whole was like, like, no. We're sisters be knowing they, they do. do you know it's they like do. i think that sometimes we get um fearful and you know i applaud essence um for its coverage and you know essence very early on covered uh, you know monica roberts is a black trans woman mm-hmm. blogger and she writes about essence's past in terms of covering black trans women's lives and you know when my first book redefining realness came out Vanessa and Patrick, you yeah. know, the editors here at Essence did the first excerpt mm-hmm. of my my book. And that meant so much to me. And they did it in a way that was respectful and beautiful with, you know, slaying photos and all the good stuff that you need. Right. <laughs> well, um, what is, I so mean, do you even put on makeup? Do you even? Oh, I put on all the makeup in the oh, world. Whatever. Yes, I do. I love it. Yeah. I love all because of the beauty culture. Janet, you are flawless. <laughs> No, well, thank you. I try. Truly. No, and I mean, I guess really just a fangirl a minute too, similar to what Corey was saying. I didn't, I hadn't yet met you Mm. and I was here at Time Inc. And I don't think you were still here at the time, but you were, you know, you were, but you were walking by me and it was the same thing. It was just like, who is this woman? Like you have a, you have a presence, um, you know, and I think that that's, um, it's, it's important for us all to have that type of Mm. effect as women, you know, that confidence and, and yes, it's your beauty. Yes, it's your hair. Yes, it's your stuff. But it's also what's your confidence. Also, and to acknowledge it, you know, I know Yolanda's not here. Shout out to Yolanda, we miss you. We do. But one thing I I do, the Yolanda has taught me is when you see fierceness, you recognize it. Okay. And she's good at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't remember a time when I haven't seen her that she hasn't praised. I see you, boo. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And I love that. Yes. Recognize it. It's powerful. And I think that for me, too, I think that it's in a culture, in a world where oftentimes we we question ourselves, we question our value, we question whether we're deserving of yes. of space, that it's essential that we show up for one another and we tell one another and give each other the nod, the wink, the smile, the, hey, girl, where did you get that hair? Exactly. Hey, you know, like all of the things, like where did you get that kimono? Where is that yes. from? You know, like all of those things because I think that it can, it, you never know what someone else is going through, too, at, at in their own worlds. And so, like, I remember when I was at Timing, I was going through so much, you know, like being yeah. a young person who wasn't necessarily open about being trans who just wanted to make it in media wanting it wanting to make it in a space where you all know well you work at essence so it's a different environment but no I get you know it. working at yeah. magazines where you're not really seen you're the minority you're, yeah and you're trying to fight for coverage of people who look like you and mm-hmm. all that stuff and so um I just know sometimes those nods and the stairs in the in the cafeteria <laughs> from Corey and looking at my hair it probably it probably helped me make it through the rest of the day <laughs> And that's why I loved the title um, of your first book, um, Mm. Redefining Realness, because that's what we needed to do. Like we had this other idea, like Mm. it could only you could only be real if you look this way or did this or acted that way. And I just feel like we've shattered so much of that Mm. over the last 10 years as black women. Just and I appreciate that so much. Mm. Like real is your story and how you define it. And I love that we're content. I mean, we've always done that. Black women. Well, exactly. And, you know, let's remember that social. Yeah. But, you know, ground zero to being policed and gender was black women. Mm -hmm. So Jenner Truth asked the question. Mm -hmm. She said, 
that ain't I a woman? Mm-hmm. You know, these these are all these threads are still there and they're Absolutely. always there and that there becomes new targets, you know? And so for me, when I was talking about redefining realness, it largely was about that sense of like, though I may have the quote unquote, be able to blend in and quote right. unquote pass and all this stuff that for me, it's about um, being able to show up fully as myself in all the spaces that I enter. And that's the journey that I've been trying to be on with all of the work and the stories that I try to tell. Now, we know a lot more of your backstory, but I'm, I'm not sure that the listeners mm. know as much. Would you just tell them about what made you decide to share your whole story? Of course. Transition? Yeah. And so what's so interesting about being a trans person, I think even for many, many LGBT people, is that there's not one moment of coming out. Mm-hmm. You have a series of it and it happens every day. Sometimes you invite people in to know you better. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the first time that I probably first told someone my story was when I was 12 years old and I met my best friend, Wendy. And I grew up in largely in Oakland, um, Dallas, but most of my coming of age was in Honolulu, Hawaii in the 90s. And Wendy was another trans girl. We both were seventh graders and I saw her on campus and I was like, who is that? I'm scared of her. She's way too much. She's doing a lot, <laughs> but I kind of was attracted to her because she was so out there. Mm-hmm. And she just was the first person to actually really see me. And I remember um, telling her that I feel that I'm a girl, you know? And she was like, girl, I know. Why, why do you think I'm talking to you? Um, and so then we went through our own journey and we both transitioned together through middle school and high school. I had a relatively very accepting half a family because I grew up in Hawaii and it has a native Hawaiian culture that has a third space for gender, right? Beyond male, female, beyond boy, girl, beyond man and woman. There's a space where there's trans people are centered there. Um, and so you know, my story then. So basically I transitioned all that good stuff, all the medical and social stuff throughout high school. And when I went to college, I made the decision not to be open about being trans because I felt that being black and a woman and young was enough mm-hmm. <laughs> to then imagine. add on the, the identity of being trans. I had the privilege of not being so open about that. Mm-hmm. And it w- enabled me to enter spaces and to work in magazines and to go to graduate school and to move to New York City to be the first person in my family to even go to college and all of these things. And so my story really is there. Um, and so surpassing certainty picks up in that space in my life where I was striving and seeking and wanting so much more, but not really being open about my story of becoming in a way. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we cross paths at right. Time Inc., which is, you know, we see each other, we give each other the black girl nod in the cafeteria, the elevator, um, but we didn't really know deeply engage. And so there did come a point in 2011 in the Marie Claire article that Corey talked about where um, I opened up for the first time publicly mm-hmm. and I told parts of my story. And then three years later, I wrote a book and I told more of my story and then I wrote another book and I told more of my story. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's kind of the I guess the little soundbite of who I am. Well, I'm curious because I know when some people go through things, they don't necessarily want to become the face of it. Right. Mm. But you seem to walk very willingly into that space. Did you ever grapple with becoming an advocate? <laughs> um, yeah. I remember the first article that Kierna Mayo wrote. Shout out um, to Kierna. We all know Kierna, yeah. you know, the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Honey Was My Everything, Honey yep. Magazine. Ours, yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, you know, she was just like, I feel like there's some trepidation with you. And I was like, yeah, it's there. Like, I don't want to become the poster child for this. And we wrote, it's in there. You know, I don't want to become the poster <laughs> child. And what's so great is that our culture has grown so much that there's many more examples. There's Laverne Cox. There's, you know, Raquel Willis, who I brought up. Of course, there's Caitlyn Jenner, who a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that there's a lot more portraits. And so for me, I feel like I'm just part of my duty, like Alice Walker says, is like activism is the rent that I pay to exist in 
this world. I've been given so much. So who am I to say that I'm not going to lift up the mantle or not bring in more people with me when I enter spaces and not speak about the things that my community is grappling with? Because no one talks about black trans girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's something that I have to do. It's part of the work that I do, though I center myself in my experience. I'm I'm very experienced and knowledgeable about that. I can't forget that you know, so many people don't know about all these other women who have not been given the same privileges and access that I have been given to be able to live, to survive, and ultimately to thrive and be able to live my dreams. I'm curious, what is it like for you when you go back to Honolulu now, or have you been back? Yeah, my family's still in Hawaii. Um, I The last time I was there was the was my wedding. Mm-hmm. So it was November 2015. Um, it was a beautiful time to go there. Of course, I was stressed the hell out. Right. With- <laughs> I, I, I was that. a horrible person for a couple weeks when I went you home. You were not a bridezilla. Uh, <laughs> you were a bridezilla. Oh, I was. I'm an I anal. I'm it. an anal person, so like I'm very detail oh, oriented. And look how she said. I am very exhaust, um, exacting. Um, so we forgive you. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> It was. So, so when I went home the last time, it was very joyous. Um, mm-hmm. I always gain about, you know, seven to 10 pounds when I go home just yeah. because I eat everything that I want to <laughs> eat. Spam. I yes. read in the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spam musubis, ahi pokey, malasadas, kalua pig, yes. you know, lomi lomi salmon, everything. Like mm-hmm. I eat everything. Um, but when I go home, um, it's such a small space. Mm-hmm. Oahu's very small and you you know people through another person so everyone kind of knows me there <laughs> and it was you know horrible terrain to like travel when I was younger but now it's like a homecoming it's well nice. I, was, I guess I should have prefaced by saying is are you like a superstar right oh god that's no. what I meant oh, please, more. that's no. what I meant more are you, you go sure? home no, no, I feel no, like no no no, no. Like, oh hey Janet hey Janet no 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 no, <laughs> no. it's not like no, your family will check you quick there's no because <laughs> I spend all my time with my with my family and so oh, there's okay. no brand newness there because I know I was going to say when you go out is it like VIP, you know, red, red, red I wish. Red no. Like, I, no. 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 Okay, Wahoo. Let's work on that. <laughs> yeah. Janet, roll out. I'm just trying to get that to happen in New York. <laughs> Aren't we all? I know, but people on the train be like, girl, get over. Okay. Okay. Get over. Ooh. I'm trying to get this seat. What line? I don't know. You're, you're not on the list. <laughs> That's my favorite. What list? No. Is there another spelling? No. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's jump into the book. Yes. Um, I want to skip ahead to this um, part you write about where I'm just like, this is the moment. Okay, I'm going to read it. This is the moment. <laughs> I learned that no one, no job, no piece of clothing, no man, not even the love of my young life, Troy, could fix me. I used our relationship as a crutch for years as a means of proving that I was worthy and deserving. His love was not the solution. I was the solution. And this part spoke to me personally because... You know, the uh, subtitle of your book is what my 20s, you know, surpassing certainty, what my 20s taught me. Because, you know, Charlie and I were talking like in my 20s, well, I guess a lot of us in our 20s, like Mm -hmm. you think like, you know, you know, we all had journalism dreams. So I thought I was going to be like the lady in uh, Who's the Boss? Like I was like (laughs) by 28, I was going to be living in Connecticut, you know, um, coming into the city in my Jaguar. Why do we all have our white woman protagonist that we know that is like? Yes. I told Corey mine was Carrie Bradshaw. I'm not even going to lie. I was going to have the, sh- the uh, yeah. sweaters in the oven, everything, <laughs> my studio, my girls. That was my life. I was like, that's so when I was right. 28 Why in a studio in Harlem. 
talk about where's my job? Where's my shit? <laughs> what happened? And dating random Somebody people. Somebody lied to me. Yeah. Where's my salary? What's but happening? I remember, but I remember being like, you know, and also in my 20s, so that was my career thoughts. But also in my 20s when I would date, I was, you know, if there was something wrong or I just wasn't feeling the person, I would always be like, it's fine. It's fine. I would just go along with mm-hmm. it because it was just ready to be, a, it was better to be attached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was better to do, you know, do things with people. I was in a new city, you know, um, I wanted, you know, I wanted to go out and have fun. But then there was always this thing inside of me like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm not mm-hmm. doing the things I want to do. And it didn't come into my 30s that I found the confidence and actually started doing more things by myself, pushing mm-hmm. myself to do mm-hmm. things that I said, you know what, I've got to be an advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for my own mm-hmm. happiness. It's not going to be these guides. It's actually not going to be this job. It's right. not going to be friends, this. friends, anybody else. But you talk about that so eloquently in this book, all those. I love all the layers that you peel back mm-hmm. because it is very layered. Um, but, you know, so tell, so I guess we want to start. Well, what was your biggest mistake in your 20s? Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, my biggest mistake in my 20s. How can I count the ways? <laughs> uh, I think for me, I just had a, and, you know, I had similar dreams. I wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw like Charlie. <laughs> I had my white woman that I followed and I was like, I'm going to be like her, you know, and I'm going to do all the things that she mm-hmm. does. And so that creates a sense of like a hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates an ambitiousness that I think is really healthy and great. But at the same time, it also created this sense in me of like this rushing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so rarely was I present in many of the moments when I was just, when I was in grad school, I graduated six months early because I wanted to get into the job market. I did the same thing with college. <laughs> Undergrad. If you can imagine. And it was like, when else? Like now, yeah, I'm like, why? Why, why didn't I take up the right. time to just sit and read and talk to people and write? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why and not I, have why to did, worry why about taxes? Why didn't I take a gap year like, like Malia? You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, my and favorite s- is when you quit a job on Friday and start the new one on Monday. <laughs> why? <laughs> what was wrong with us? <laughs> well, who does that? Oh, I can start. Don't Monday. do that, girls in your twenties. <laughs> right. Don't. Um, yeah. So it's like you know, I didn't take the time. I think that I needed to just like be and to enjoy. Um, and I think I always was searching for things outside of myself to make me feel better, to fill holes that I didn't even know that were really there, to heal wounds that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that came through breaking up and getting out of this codependent relationship which just wasn't healthy it was young love right. we felt things super intensely we loved each other we told each other all these secrets about our lives you know we were just like sharing and in testimony and intimacy and it, so it was so great um, you know it wasn't a good relationship but we were just dependent upon one another mm-hmm. and so when I got out of that I found myself kind of um, alone and I got therapy and mm-hmm. that helped me you know like and um, you know I know that within black communities and um, a lot of um, folk of color communities, it's, you know, mental health issues are something that's not often talked about, but we grapple with stuff. And why wouldn't we grapple with stuff living in the world that we live in where there's so many systemic traumas, there's so much like intergenerational violence, there's all kinds of things going on that we're, that we're um, trying to survive through. And so why not find tools and add things to your toolkit? And so for me, I sought therapy. I read books. I read all the books Oprah told me to read. You know, I read the power of now. I read a new earth. I read, you know, all of the, the seat of the soul. Uh, And, you know, I was working on myself and I was like, you know what, give myself this year to figure out who I am and what I want to do. And then it was interesting because as I, when I wasn't looking, another person came into my life, Mm -hmm. but I had to do the work of concentrating on me first. And so for me, I think some of the mistakes that I made was rushing, Mm -hmm. 
was wanting things outside of myself and thinking that they were going to be a gateway or a key to my own healing yeah. um, and to not realizing that I had all the tools within myself to figure out how to save myself and that no one was going to save me. Yeah. Mm. That's so real. That is real. And it, we and like you said in the book, Crutch, I feel like we uh, we have emotional mm. crutches, um, mental health crutches. You know, we have relationship crutches. And that's really such a huge part of our 20s um, that if we don't do that work, we carry it into our 30s mm-hmm. yeah. and beyond. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 20s is like that time when you have, like you said, we haven't even recognized it yet, that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's like that moment. And speaking of that moment, what, what, what would you say is one of the more defining moments of your 20s? One of the more defining moments. Was it NYU coming? It definitely it definitely had to be with the move to New York. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's something about if you have the privilege of being young and living in this city, because <laughs> yes. I feel like it is a city built for the young. If you can it do is. it at a time when your hunger meets the pace of the city, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a great match make. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 perfect in that sense. But I think it probably would be when I um when I landed my first job um, in my first internships, landing at Time Inc. probably was pivotal as well because I got to connect with other black girls, some that we know in common, we which I, I had to change some names in the book. Uh, but, <laughs> I won't you know. tell. We have <laughs> but, a mutual friend. We but, are. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with other young black women who were not, you know, my grandmothers, right, who were my right. peers, who are not on television. Because growing up in Hawaii, there are no black girls around, right? My black girls that I interacted with were largely through television. So it was Destiny's Child. Right. <laughs> you know, like Come through you have a healthy love for Beyonce. Oh, <laughs> healthy, we all through the book. I mean, we all do, but I was like, wow, there's Beyonce again. Beehive, hi. <laughs> it's okay, you're not alone, Janet. We all okay. do. We all love you, babe. But you know, connecting with young black women right. who who. who you know, affirm me and gave me mm. tools and I was able to affirm and give them tools who um, told me that I was deserving of things, who checked me when I was problematic as hell. <laughs> uh, you know, all of that stuff. So I think there were some great defining moments there that though it was a tough space to be in a corporate media environment space, <clears throat> it was also amazing to connect with these amazing young women. And you talk about, you know, your friendship with Wendy and how that was great, but you also uh, you you also tell these really cute stories of your friendships in your 20s. Mm-hmm. What what about having your girls in your 20s just helps like stir to you? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for, for so long so many of my role models were either on television or they were uh, maternal figures in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was so completely different to have um friends who looked like me who were my age, who were my peers. And we were <laughs> making stuff up as we went along (laughs) as we navigated the world Um, and so it was kind of there's like a great um, I feel like there's something about the intensity of female friendships when you're young Mm -hmm. that when you don't have the answers and you're kind of all like improvising and it's like not the blind leading the blind (laughs) but there is a sense of like you know none of us quite have the answers but let's like kind of like figure this out together that creates these really strong bonds and so you know I had a friend that I was interning with at InStyle and she was she was my career coach I didn't have a mentor like I had a, you know someone who was like two years younger than me who was making handmade glitter cards and who was like this is what you need to do you need to wear your hair up you need to do this they're going to be intimidated by you if you walk into a room da, 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 da. these white women are going to hire you if you look prettier than them and they're like all these like things facts. and I was like all it was facts. all facts <laughs> things no no one in my family taught me that you know but she was like she was like I was in these rooms I know 
you know? Oh, and so, like, I it was a great, it. there's some greatness around, like, those powerful female young friendships. Especially when we all get together and try to workshop a problem. Oh, That's yes. what my girlfriends and I would do. Back, we used to have the <laughs> three-way call. Yes. We'd be like, all right, we need to workshop this. <laughs> and we will figure help. it out. We gotta figure right. it out for her. We have to save her. Everybody yes. chip in something, <laughs> advice, some weave, a shoe, a location, a ride. Right? Said a weave, a shoe, a <laughs> I mean, location, a ride. Everybody has something to offer. This is the That sounds like a t-shirt. A weave. <laughs> A shoe. A shoe, a ride. A ride. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you know. Oh that, that call so where you right had no nothing but love to give and you were like, I got a bundle or I will pick you up. <laughs> Wait, let me go all the way back to college. You can use my minutes on my phone card. Right? Uh-huh. Y'all know. That's true, though. <laughs> yes. You'd be like, girl, you can use 10 of my minutes. The resourcefulness is beautiful. Yes. It's absolutely. So good. So I just good. took y'all back. Yeah, you did. You remind me, makes you think of my friend. I said, I didn't know this. I sent my friend $20 once when we were in college. She said, Corey, you don't know how much that meant to me. $20? Like, what did I do? And I had $20 to right. send? To give away? To mail? Did you Western Union it? No, I think I put it in a mail okay. and with a stamp. <laughs> So, you know, Sister Circle, so support it's sister, beautiful. it really is everything. So good. Up next, more Yes Girl to come. So I tried to tell y'all last week to take advantage of this. And if you hadn't, your sheets are cold and they could be hotter. Okay? <laughs> when I need my pleasure products and I need, you know, my husband and I want to, you know, turn it up, we go to adamandeve.com. And for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item on adamandeve.com if you use the promo code YESGIRL. That's Y-E-S-G-I-R-L, YESGIRL, at adamandeve.com. You can use the code YESGIRL and you'll be able to get 50% off. And wait for it, wait for it, while you're shopping for, you know, your candle, your blindfold, your your lube, your vibrator, all those goods, you're also going to get three free adult DVDs, which is really your warm-up, okay? So don't tell me that you're scared because they got you. And you're going to get a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they're even going to throw in free shipping on your entire order. So what are y'all waiting for? Let's make it hot this summer. Go to adamandeve.com, use promo code YESGIRL, Y-E-S-G-I-R-L, and get your 50% off your DVDs, ow, and a mystery gift. What you think, Yolanda? You going? Ow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Use code YESGIRL at adamandeve.com. Yes, girl. So what did love teach you in your 20s? There we go. What did love teach me? Um, I think it taught me to be vulnerable Mm. for the first time. It was the first time I really sat and told someone my story. So many people think because of the way that I framed my first book um, that my husband now, Aaron, was my first love. And I had a great first love before Aaron. Aaron is pivotal in my life's journey and to my everyday now. But I had a someone who was my everything before. And sometimes it's hard to to give credit to exes. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm kind of still struggling through that. I'm queen of petty, so I'm like, oh, no, 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 But, you know, you know he, Troy was amazing. He was exactly what I needed at the time when I needed it. I was 19 years old when I met him. I was dancing in a club. Um, I was doing a lot. <laughs> and he came in, and he was a stabilizing force that I never really had in my life. I had parents who were had their own journeys and struggled through so much, which I write about a lot in my first book. Um, But there was something about Troy and the way in which he was steady with me. When I told him and I disclosed that I was trans and I let him know about my story, he didn't run away. He didn't um, retaliate. He didn't um, hurt me. He embraced me. He gave me a safe space to say that, um, to believe, to learn that I was worthy Um, of love, that I was worthy of partnership, that I was worthy of um, telling my story 
and being seen and affirmed and that relationship really was a building block for my own sense of confidence as a as a young woman because so often you know for trans girls there's no blueprint for happily ever mm -hmm. after there's no there's rarely any affirmative stories about um relationships and my husband Aaron he is a very private person mm -hmm. but he allows me the space to write about him publicly um to have pictures of our wedding published mm -hmm. you know in essence and brides mm -hmm. and all that stuff he does it because he understands the the fact that for so many young trans women there there are no affirmative um portraits of them in love or some man or a partner loving them. Um, so often when we hear about the things that trans women go through, it's often mm -hmm. moments of trauma and violence. Mm -hmm. um, the 13th black trans woman, trans woman of color has been, you know, killed in the United States already just last week. Mm -hmm. um, and so like those are more of the portraits that we hear rather than hearing, you know, trans women in love. And right. what does that mean to navigate spaces of dating and disclosure? And that's complicated spaces and everyone has their own different stuff. And so for me, I think that what that relationship allowed me to have was to realize that I'm worthy and deserving. Um, he didn't teach me that, but I think that us sharing in the way that we did enabled me to to find that kind of like semblance of happiness. Yeah, I said something nice about Troy, right? Well, you know, and, right. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, when you were talking, I was just thinking like, shout out to Aaron, shout out to your husband, because I imagine, I mean, he's awesome. Just because like, mm -hmm. imagine sitting with your husband and being like, okay, I need to share <laughs> You know, the intimate details. Oh, wait, of, no, no, no. Charlie, he has not finished reading the book. He's like, he's like three chapters. Oh, okay. Uh, so he has three more chapters. No, and he comes out of the room every single, he comes out of the room every night and he's looking, he's like, really? Wait, what? Wait, so you, you did this before with somebody else? Oh, wait, so you told that story to someone before me? Okay, so you, so like he's having all these he's mini going discoveries. Through the That's what you're like, baby, I love you. I love you. I chose you, though. Because yeah. I'm trying to figure out how that would go and I can just feel like my husband will keep saying, but why? Why you got to do that? Why you? I don't get it. You could just tell your friends, like you know. So he shout out to Aaron because he is really cool. You know, he's letting mm -hmm. you do what you need to do, and I appreciate. Well, that. Well, he knows at the end of the day, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. um, you have and to share, I, and I write from my personal experience, yeah. and so like, it's a part of the work that I do. And I, I and I think you know when we went on our first our first date, he he asked me what did I do for a living, and I said, oh, I write about celebrities, you know, because I was at People at the right. time. And um, he said, but what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to write stories that matter. Mm. Um, and so he's known from the very beginning the things that I wanted to do. Right. And him being by my side as a support system, as my best friend, um, as my first reader, except for the second book, which has been hard for him to get through. All right. um, <laughs> but, you know, having him by my side, I think he, he knows that this is part of the work. And being my partner, he knows that that's a part of his job is to support me in that no matter how much he cringes when I put him on my Insta stories. <laughs> I know. Because he cannot that. stand the social media. He's oh like, okay. God. He's like, please stop. He's like, don't tag me. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But these are all parts of our stories. It's crazy because I, I've said that to my husband before. I've said every ex, good or bad, like it or not, every mm -hmm. ex before you is part of how I'm the woman that I am before mm -hmm. you. And like you said, it's not that they gave it to you. Mm -hmm. It's just that experiencing the ups and downs with another person as another building block to who you are, particularly in your 20s. Come through relationship yeah. experts. Oh, exactly. You know? <laughs> Love <laughs> But like for real, you know, mm -hmm. and that's why it's like the X factor is a factor, guys. Mm -hmm. Like it's never just mm -hmm. not going to matter. Yeah. And it's another t-shirt. Okay. That, <laughs> Tweet that. You, know, you got to get this Yes Girl Essence t-shirt <laughs> line do. going. <laughs> Come on, Corey. That's a great that's idea. True. That is a great idea. I want to ask we need one, to do that. this one question before, nope. we, before we wrap. 
But what is the beauty about breaking up? I mean, everyone mm. talks about, I know lo- falling in love is great, but I think there's something, and I, and I guess especially that quote I read, like there was a beauty <laughs> in breaking up because in breaking up, you found yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time. Uh, no, though. of course not. Of course not. <laughs> That's what's beautiful about memoirs that you can like right, write reflect. about the, the horrible experience you went through and then like contextualize it later on as like the older, wiser self. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's so great about it, there is a universality of it. Right, that we all experience it because, you know, one of the tenets of life is all things end, right. right? And so oftentimes the first person you fall in love with is likely not the first person, the person you're going right. to end up with. <laughs> and so there is a universal quality about that that tethers us all together in that right. great, really beautiful way. And I think also with the next layer of that is that we all believe that we're not going to make it through <laughs> when true. we're in the moment going through it's that breakup. Old, it's no end. one else going to love me. It's How over. I love again? I don't know if I can do this. I can't survive. You're on the phone with your friend. Your friends are like, girl right. like he wasn't all that like, but at the time right. you know you don't know that yet because <laughs> you, you haven't met anyone and you don't better. want to hear it either and you don't want to hear that either no. you're like just take these tears in this bucket <laughs> for me please please bring me some chardonnay get the ice bring cream and shut up but <laughs> but, but that's what you know yeah and you know as you know charlie and the work that you do you know you know that people then repeat their patterns they and do. so the beautiful piece of it is when you can break patterns right and you can recognize them in the moment and so for me i recognize that i use that relationship with troy as a crutch yeah. to say that um it kept me safe i didn't have to tell anyone else about me i didn't have to open up to another man again about being trans and that's really what i was kind of trying to hide away from was that i wasn't ready to tell my story and when we broke up it enabled me to tell myself my story which then enabled me to tell my story to my close friends which then enabled me to tell my story to my new you know partner um, which then enabled me to tell my story to the world and so like it's like I needed to go through that to leave that comfort um, to leave that space of that was refuge and safety and like be uncomfortable for a little bit and figure Mm -hmm. it out on my own well we're really happy that you did um, because you. I think your story, we we all do. It's so important, and we're happy that mm-hmm. you're sharing it with us and you're continuing to share it with us. Oh, thank you. We all have to change lives in the best way that we can. We have an obligation, I think, to do that, to mm-hmm. tell our story. So we love you, Thank Nana. you for telling oh, yours, surpass, you. surpassing certainty. Go pick it up. Is it available now? Nope, June 13th. June 13th, okay, because I know we got that new, new. Y'all yeah, we did. We got that. Exclusive <laughs> from Janet herself. But you can get yours on the 13th. But June 13th is on Tuesday. When the podcast come out? You know what? what? I think we're going to do it next week. Next Thursday. Next so, Thursday. all right. Okay, so, so be they'll out. have out it. Now. They'll have yeah. it. Out. Go get it. You'll love it. All the tea is spilled. Yes. It's a great read. And it's piping hot. <laughs> okay. And a little sweet with a little honey. You will get through it in one night, okay? All right, but seriously, tell me your products. <laughs> Before we go. Before we please. go. Well, today she combed out my hair. She put in some magic pieces. So I have some pieces in my hair, which are stacking it up so that I can stay up today. Gotcha. But I use a lot of hair rules. Um, They're no suds conditioner, which is um, cleansing. <laughs> They're cleansing cream. I also love, um, I use, well, you use a lot of Shea Moisture. Um, I use Leave In Cantu. I know that's some mm, Shea, but shade, no shade. they better come correct. <laughs> they better know the target audience that supported them first. Um, I, I also, <laughs> I also love, um, I love a lot of oils. I use a lot of Moroccan oil products. Mm, I love, I love a Moroccan too. oil. Anything. Their stuff is real good. Um, and all the leave-in conditioners you can think of. Oh, I Miss love Jessie's. It. I love Miss Jessie's. The soft, mm. um, the pillow soft curls. That's a good product. Wait, tell me again. Pillow soft curls. Look, I also love Miss <laughs> Jessie's pillow soft curls. Um, it's kind of like a creamy gel, so it gives you just a little bit of hold. Real good. All right, I love it. Curls on fleek. 
Janet Monches gave me all the tea for my hair. I'm okay. about to do this as soon as I get rid of these grays. And the skin? Can we talk about the skin uh, for a second? Or is that just genetic? No. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I worked on my skin. Really? I had I have like acne prone skin. And so for me, yeah. I don't believe you. I do. No, I do. As I sit here with this zit on my face. What? I do. Acne? You're flawless. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you worked at it. I worked on that. Yeah, so Retin-A Micro is a lifesaver. Oh, okay. Every other night, okay. I put it in, mix it in with my, put a little dot in with my, so it keeps that skin sloughing off. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I, have, I love a lot of the Mario Badescu products in terms of the, the um, pimple zapper products. I, that's not what they're called. I know what you mean, But there's though. the one with the pink yes. sediment, and yes. then there's the one with the, just the buffering lotion, which mm. is the one you squeeze on to whitehead. So there's a whitehead one, and there's the one for the cystic acne. Janet, y'all has mm-hmm. all of the gems. And then you need to go get facials. Mm-hmm. And How some, often? Some peels. I'm like, I get facials maybe like every, th- I get facials every three months and maybe peel every two. Okay. Um, Not every two, twice a year. Okay. So like salicylic acid kind of, they're, they're the very light. They're very light, but they keep that resurfacing going. So you have that glow all the time. You are glowing. Yeah, you have to thank do the work. You. So leave us, you. leave us with one thing for the girls in the twenties. What do you? What do you mm, what's the one thing you want to tell them? <sighs> You're deserving of all the things in the world. Mm. So go get it. Amen. Oh, t-shirt, done it. That, now that's your shirt. <laughs> Janet Moss. I want to buy it. Pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Just be an outline of her hair. I know. Like what? Background, like, that's it. Like just like this. Okay, somebody's taking notes, right? <laughs> yes. Remember we said it. Yes. And the give us and give hair. us essence.com the exclusive ten percent off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's well, let's I mean do twenty discount. because we need better that. than what they. The black girl magic discount. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Janet. Thank you, Janet. We love you. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Charlie. That was amazing. Thanks to our guest, Janet Mock. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, Girl, such as our conversations with Mary J. Blige, Tiny, and Charlemagne. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere, and we mean anywhere, that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. We love them, we read them, and we want them. Leave us a review. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Adam and Eve. Please support them the way you support this podcast. We'll see you next week. 